0: Welcome to Your Brand Amplified, the podcast where we interview marketers, publicists, and brands to learn their stories, what makes them tick, and tips and tricks that make a difference. Welcome to this edition of Your Brand Amplified. I'm Annika Jackson, your host, and I am here with Ingrid Mira, who is revolutionizing the industry of orthodontics and dental care, which as we were talking a little bit before, is much needed. Um, I know I had braces growing up. My daughter has braces right now. It's something that everybody, I think, has to deal with. So I'm really excited for you to share your passion, your journey, and what you're doing that is helping change the industry. So Ingrid, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to, to dive in and talk about it.
0: Yeah. So please share your journey with us.
1: Yeah, <laughs> loaded question. Oh um, it started when I was eight, actually. So probably the oh when got <laughs> went to her first ortho consultation, um, and that's kind of the first time that I. Really felt insecure about my teeth and my teeth. I was a small girl with like teeth just coming out of my mouth, Mm -hmm. and I used to look in the mirror and like not even know what braces was at that point. And really, just like at that point, Google didn't exist. I'm aging myself, but I would ask Jeeves, like, how to make your mouth smaller. (laughs) And literally, I went through four years of braces, I was one of those kids that have like a lot of work done to my teeth but really came out like transformed human being, you know, I was more confident, which I realized allowed me to make friends and try out for sports and have relationships with my teachers and do better in school. And I just realized the power that a smile has to the human being. Because if you want to smile more, it's it gives you internal joy, but it also brings joy to those around you by just smiling. So it started there. Um, I was always more of a creative person, less on like the science side, but I was so sort of dedicated to being an orthodontist mm-hmm. so that I can build this business where I can change people's lives for a living. Um, I struggled through like AP classes and pre-med and like dental school and a residency, but literally powered through all of it. Got to 2015, which is the first year that I started my ortho residency. Mm-hmm. And I got there. It was like the day that I've been working for my entire life. And it was wild because basically I was observing a couple of different things. Hmm. One, all my general dentist friends, I went to NYU for my dental school. So I had hundreds of dentist friends. They were starting Invisalign on their patients and they loved it because they're like, you know, we're, we're able to seamlessly like scan patients, give them aligners Hmm. and like they're straightening teeth. So on one hand, I was like, do we even need orthodontists? And mm. on the other hand, I saw my orthodontist friends who are the most in-debt professional in the country. My orthos are the number one most in-debt professional in the country. So oh, they have five hundred dollars to $800,000 in student debt. Wow. Long story short, six months into residency, I started to learn how orthodontics worked. And I realized that no matter what, whether it's braces or clear liners, you need to have a fundamental understanding of how to move teeth, mm-hmm. which orthodontics we call biomechanics, to learn how to move teeth, whether it's with braces or with clear liners, the biggest brand being Invisalign. And so I realized all these patients weren't getting quality care. So people who are in treatment for years and years getting scan after scan after scan, Mm -hmm. it's because the liners aren't working because the aligners have to be programmed in a way by a specialist to move teeth. And that requires a skill set that AI doesn't have right now. Mm -hmm. And so I realized there's this massive fallacy And at the same time, mail order liner companies had just launched that year. And so all my non-dental friends were like, oh, I can do this more conveniently in the mail. And I was like trying to tell them how biomechanics works and how you need an orthodontist. And they were like, you know, Ingrid, I hear you, but like, it's cheaper, it's convenient. Like, I'm going to go with it. A couple of years later, everything blew up and there was all these lawsuits and people started to realize that actually you do need a professional. Mm -hmm. So that's why I started Two Front. <laughs> hmm.
0: <laughs> Amazing. What a journey. And how how cool to realize such an early age what you wanted to do and what you're passionate about. Um, even though you knew that you were creative and you would have to power through all these classes that really weren't your favorite <laughs> classes to do. Awesome. Um, because you knew that a smile can change a life. And it truly does. Um, it truly does have that power. So talk to us about Two Front. Yeah,
1: so it's been a journey from 2015. 2015, Mm -hmm. I realized, oh my God, I'm not gonna be practicing as as a traditional orthodontist Mm -hmm. because the whole world needs to change. How do we give access to orthodontist-led care with the convenience and experience and the price point that people are looking for Mm -hmm. with mail-order liner companies? So how do we do this when orthodontists are massively in debt? Long story short, it took me a couple of iterations of really kind of going through business models. And frankly, we're still in the process of figuring out how to do it. But what we realized is that it's all about empowering orthodontists to build digital practices because orthodontists are limited. There's 12,000 orthodontists in the country, believe it or not. So, how do you give access? How do you give orthodontists access to treat the entire world from their computer? Mm. Because a lot of orthodontics now, it's digital it's digital treatment planning wow. if you okay. move with braces and you learn how to apply that biomechanical skill set to plastic you can do that and so that's what this quest that we've been on a mission on is actually empowering dental offices mm-hmm. to offer all of their patients digital consultations with an orthodontist oh. and really giving patients that that consumerized experience you know this is a group of people who are so confused i talk to people every day and they're like but smile direct club, but bite, but Invisalign, mm-hmm. but clear but braces, but Dentist, but ortho—they have no idea what's going on. Yeah. So, how do we educate in a very succinct and easy way how to actually what you need, what high quality is, what high quality care is, trusted from your dentist, so that consumers are basically empowered to make the best decision for them, and we give them access to specialists that care virtually from their dental office.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I just thinking about my daughter's experience, I know we go, she gets the x-rays, we're able to see kind of the modeling, right? So you're basically able to take those models and then do the consultation digitally. Now, are there restrictions from state to state? Do you have to be licensed in every state to practice? How how does that work with your model? You've got to be licensed. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. um we're basically empowering orthodontists to run digital clinics. Mm-hmm. And so the way we do that, they still have to be licensed like normal orthodontists. We are just giving them the infrastructure to streamline running these consultations, mm-hmm. So everything from getting patients in front of them digitally, giving them the tools to convert patients by presenting treatment plans and payments. How do they actually manage cases once they're in treatment? How do they communicate with the dental office for those in-person needs? And so that's kind of the focus here. But ultimately, it's all about empowering the provider. Mm-hmm. And so the fundamentals is they've got to be licensed in the state. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And are you working across different states? Are you... Because I know that you're based, like me, in California. So did you just... Did you start with California-based orthos and then branch out? Or where are you in the process? Because I know startup, it, it can take many iterations when you're a startup and and you know, figuring out what the right model is and how to get it out there to to your audience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're still very small. We're just in LA. We are still kind of figuring out the core of our business Mm -hmm. of of how do we drive the highest value. So before we expand like crazy, we're just so focused on the small subsection of LA. And we have less than 2 dozen offices here. And we're just refining and learning and refining and figuring out how to deliver that best experience to dentists, orthodontists, and patients.
0: Hmm. And what was it like when you were fundraising? Did people understand what you were trying to do? Was it hard to raise money? Like, what what was that experience like for you? So hard.
1: <laughs> like, I had only taken science classes my whole life, and like maybe some art classes here and there. Like, I did not know anything about building a business. Um, it was so hard. You know, it's it took. you know, and I think at first I was pursuing it when I was talking to investors from like a moral standpoint of like Mm. patients aren't getting high quality care. Like there needs to be a better way for patients to get access to high quality care. But ultimately investors care about how are you going to make me money? (laughs) (laughs) I had to learn to pivot my conversation Mm. to how can I make you money? How is this business model going to, why should you give me money so that I can build this business? Um, and so, it took a lot of kind of figuring out what how do you build a business? Like, how do I build a financial model? How do I build a go-to-market strategy? How do I hire? How do I mm-hmm. you know, all these things? Investors kind of want to see that you have your ducks in a line, so that if if you're in a row, so if you mm-hmm. they give you money, like they know that you're going to use it effectively and efficiently.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I know you launched or you started this process right before the pandemic. Um, And I know that was a time when a lot of people weren't going in person to their doctors, to their dentists. So did you see that as, I guess that's another case for your business and the way that you're operating, right? So that um, people can get care no matter what. They don't have to necessarily have to go into an office, but they're still able to receive that consultation and that care.
1: Yeah, 100%. And the pandemic, I'm very, it was great for our business because We actually, at first, our first investor was the founder of One Medical, Tom Mm -hmm. Lee. And we were going to do, I was kind of like, wow, this person's brilliant. Like, if we can do what he did for primary care physicians, if we can do that for orthodontists, like, that's how we're going to spread high quality care. And I learned very, very quickly that that meant I was going to have to raise hundreds of millions of dollars for brick and mortar, you know, infrastructure, appreciation asset so much money for marketing because i realized when you're competing against these super cheap mail order liner companies it's really hard to market you know i had this mentality of like if we offer the best care and the best experience people will just come but there's so much education that's involved that i realized that the marketing spend was going to be um, like insanely high and then the problem the money can't buy is i realized that ultimately providers want to build their own business They want to be independent. They want to be financially stable. They want to not be fireable. They want to build their own brand. And that wasn't going to happen by doing what One Medical did. It was going to happen through a platform that empowers providers to build their own clinics.
0: Nice. Wow. So what was the most inspiring moment in your journey so far?
1: (laughs) Most inspiring moment. Oh, my God. I think I'm lucky to say that... Like through there's it's mostly chaos it's mostly <laughs> like it's to me like building a company is modern warfare every single day mm-hmm. challenges and like but throughout it there's always like pockets of light and pockets of like happy customers and like we did we did like we've failed a thousand times and we've gotten to a learning because we failed so many times mm-hmm. and so i think the most inspiring moments Honestly, it's the learnings. It's like every single learning, whether it's a whether it's one that's for the business or one that makes you realize you've got to change the way that you're operating. They're both learnings that help you ultimately figure out how to drive better change. Mm. And I think those things are such like exciting hurrah moments because it's like, okay, we have something else that so we know how to make this better for the next provider and the next patient. And so I think it's the accumulation of all those little ones in between the chaos that
0: is just
1: it keeps you driven.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, you said that you are small, that you have, what did you say, a couple dozen practices. I think that sounds really admirable and successful in the short time that you've been in business, honestly. So I just want to give you those kudos. Thank you. Yeah. And are you working in a practice while you're also building this platform? I wish I had the time. Okay. No, I was like, if you were, I was going to be like, oh my gosh, do you ever sleep? <laughs> I don't ever sleep. <laughs> You're like, I don't sleep anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um. So when you have been bringing people into the platform, what's the easiest way that you've found to market to other orthodontists and to dental offices to get them on the platform?
1: Yeah. You know... It's interesting. You're asking a question that's so relevant to what's happening right now. Um, you know, it's word of mouth, I realized mm-hmm. Like this even we've tried like, you know, direct directly calling dentists and like, you know, pinning people on indeed who are looking for jobs, like orthodontists. But ultimately, what I'm realizing is that when we have hit product market fit, where we have delivered so much value that one of our providers is like, I want to do 90% of my business through two front. That's That's week one. And that's really what our focus is right now is how do we stay hyper-focused so that we can get one provider singing from the rooftops being like, this is it. This is the best way for dentists and orthodontists to offer patients Invisalign um, and offer the highest quality care. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, instead of focusing on just extreme growth right now, it's really just satisfying your customers And then beyond that,
0: figuring it out because we have a a product that's so great for customers. Yeah. Well, and you have those case studies that you're going to be able to share. And you have, like you said, the word of mouth. So you have people you work with who are using your product, know, like, and trust it. And not only that, but they are your evangelists. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So... Anybody listening, you don't just have to be in dental care or orthodontics to use exactly the methods that Ingrid is using to build your business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is like branding and marketing 101, um, especially if you're bootstrapped. If you're a startup, having those really strong case studies with a few clients who are going to be your evangelists, a few customers is honestly the best way to go. Um, you know, I have a very different business. I have a marketing, PR, and branding agency, but I built the same way. I bootstrapped. Um, and all of my clients have come through referrals, which is fantastic. And then you get to the point, of course, where you have to put money and investment into other growth strategies. But when you're starting out, that's absolutely where you want to be. And those evangelists are going to do the best job for you anyway.
1: 100%. <laughs> I wish I would have learned that six months ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's hard. I think it's something I, I talked to a lot of people who are in business today who've been doing um, the same thing that in whatever industry they're in for. 10, 15, 20 years. And they are like, oh, I wish I'd started marketing. I just thought I'd create something and everybody will know about it. And that's not unfortunately what happens, especially in this day and age when you have so many different platforms you can fi- access to find out information.
1: 100%. Yeah. It's, um, I wish the saying, if you build it, they will come was actually <laughs> <Right>. real. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's so um, like enticing that you're like, oh, maybe it's true. But it's if you build it, so good <laughs> that clients want you no matter what because you're offering such a great service offering, then they'll come.
0: Yeah. What's your ultimate goal with Two Front? Where do you want to, where do you see it going in two years, five years, 10 years down the road?
1: Yeah. Um, it's really having giving every single patient access to working on a care for their smiles. One in two people in the world are Googling how to straighten their teeth right now. Everyone wants to enhance their confidence. No one is getting high quality care. Mm-hmm. Um, very small percentage of people are getting high quality care compared to how many people are being treated by non-specialists out there, by mail order liner companies or non-orthodontists. And so ultimately, it's empowering every dental office to be able to offer digital orthodontists to their patients um, so that business business providers can offer better care and feel great about that and also grow their bottom line. And patients can ultimately be confident in their smiles.
0: Yeah. Well, and I know that in countries like the US, obviously, we have a lot more access to healthcare and to treatment options. Are you looking at expanding around the globe as well um, and providing services to countries even that might not have as much access that really need these kind of consultations? 100%. This is
1: a problem around the globe. You know, I've got orthodontist friends in Europe, Asia, Central America, and this is a problem everywhere. People, everywhere people want to straighten their teeth, everywhere orthodontist led care is inaccessible. And so we fully plan to take this model from our
0: small little California nucleus, national and then global. Wow. What is something that you wish uh, somebody had told you when you'd said that you wanted to start this business venture? Um there's no
1: right path. And every day is a learning. Mm. Like if you can understand that every day you're learning and every you're if you're statically building something, you're not learning and you're not iterating and you're not improving. And without evolution, there's no revolution. And when you're trying to create a revolution, you need that evolution. And so to get to evolution, you need to be learning and focusing on experimenting every single day and making sure that you're continuously adding value. So I wish I would have known that from the beginning, that every day is an experiment and every day should have learning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That can also be hard. I think when we are told or taught or when we're looking at how to start a business, it seems formulaic, right? You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. And that's not reality because Life happens, a pandemic happens, you know, other things happen that change what the tools are and the resources are that we have at our disposal and how we can create our businesses.
1: 100%. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's fighting the desire for process mm-hmm. over improvement. And to mm-hmm. your point, there's no metric of like, I've collected this many customer, you know, pieces of feedback, and now I can iterate. You know, so, so much of it is an, so much of it is an art of being able to say, how many more pieces of feedback do we need? Is one customer, you know, piece of feedback enough? Is it ten? Is it a hundred? At what point
0: do we learn? Because there is no process.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And have you been finding as you're onboarding um, new partners, is the process pretty similar for them? Or do they have different needs depending on you know which office they have? Oh, yeah. They're super custom. <laughs> oh, so that also presents uh, an opportunity and a challenge to you <laughs> as you're creating. Yeah. You know, we we look at it like a partnership.
1: Like this is very much a partnership. And so we, we do invest a lot up front in... Onboarding our offices, getting them trained because we know that for the right offices, we're going to deliver tremendous value to both the office and the provider to their bottom line Mm -hmm. and to changing the lives of patients. And so we really invest, you know, this isn't like a SaaS tool that we're like download it and you're going to be fine. Like we are empowering providers to deliver better outcomes to their patients. And ultimately that involves processes um, and implementing changes and it's not overnight. So we definitely invest upfront um, with those, with those processes.
0: Yeah. Uh, how do people find you if they want to learn more about potentially partnering with you or just learn more about the wonderful world of orthodontics and teeth and what we, you know, any tips that we can all take away to as, as consumers on this side as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So our website is my as in my two front teeth, all spelled out. That's also our Instagram handle, um, at my two front you have any specific orthodontic questions, you can always DM me on Instagram at DR Ingrid Mira. Um, And then biggest takeaways, you know, when it comes to orthodontics is go to an orthodontist who specializes in Invisalign. Um, you know, there's a lot of orthodontists who specialize in braces. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have the training to apply that, that fundamental biomechanical knowledge to plastic, which is just what clear liners are. Mm -hmm. You can get the same. You can treat all typical graces cases with Invisalign, have that great experience, have those great outcomes, um, and not have to suffer through metal wires. (laughs)
0: Lovely. So what else do you want to share with our audience today? Is there Anything else that you've found out during this entrepreneurship journey that you think other people need to think about as they're entering their own? Um, this sounds
1: kind of cliche, but it really I just really internalized it. It's all about the journey, not the outcome. Mm. There almost is no outcome. If you can look at every day as an outcome, then you're going to enjoy it a lot more, because it's really hard, It's really challenging. Like the learnings every day, nine out of 10 will probably be that something didn't work. Mm. And so if you can look at all those as outcomes that are, um, that are the final destination towards a journey, then it'll be a lot more satisfying and actually like the most satisfying thing that you've ever done because you're realizing that you're on this path to changing how the world operates.
0: Mm, that's really beautiful. And I always like to ask my guests if you have a favorite quote or a mantra. Um, I think Tom Setison
1: said, I have not, <laughs> you're gonna get a the theme of what I like. <laughs> <laughs> I have not failed a thousand times. I have learned a thousand times how to how to not do it, how to do it, how to not do it <laughs> <laughs> something like
0: that. That is like my mantra every single day is like learnings. And Ingrid, I mean honestly, that's the biggest thing any entrepreneur should know because it's something that i think i realized from seeing my family like i had a couple of uncles who were very entrepreneurial and they'd fail and then they'd start something else and i always thought oh okay so are they a good businessman or a bad businessman and it really wasn't about that it was exactly what you're talking about it's you have this drive you have this passion you have to keep going yeah it's, it's not again it's not the destination it's the journey and it's what you learn and what you take from it and and nothing it's a failure it's just a lesson that you learn to improve the next iteration of whatever you're doing, exactly. So that's really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking some time with us today. It's really fascinating what you're doing. Uh, I can't wait to hear more about it and see where you go next. Um, I, I'm already thinking of like all these people and all these countries that I know need your need what you're doing. So I'm I'm really looking forward to following your journey and how you take this from, as you say, a few, you know, partners <laughs> in LA. To the world. So, Ingrid, thank you so much. And you also gave so many great tips and things that entrepreneurs need to think about as they're starting a business and as they're pursuing their passions. So I really appreciate your time today. You can find Ingrid again on my2front.com, MyToFront on all socials, and I'll have that information in the show notes as well. Thank you to our audience for coming back for another week of your brand Amplified. And Ingrid Mira, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Want more? Check out amplifywithanica.com or follow me on socials at Amplify with Annika.